This is People Like Us, a show about Alt-NBA alumni. Here's Leslie Ann Long from Alt-NBA 23. So Leslie Ann, I want to start with your work in the international development and global health space. How did you get started in that kind of work? So um, my background is as a barrister uh, in London working in family law. And from there, I went into academia and was developing law courses. And they were focusing very much on domestic violence, uh, youth justice, human rights, mental health. And I did that for a few years and then became the dean of the faculty that I was working in, uh, which was the Faculty of Health and Social Care. And so that began to get me really interested in the health space. And from there, I was invited to go to Ethiopia to meet with the Minister of Health. And this was back in 2007. And while there, I had the opportunity to go out to some very rural areas, uh, health posts that had at most a table and a chair and perhaps a fridge that wasn't working. <laughs> and two health workers who were overwhelmed by the burden of their responsibility and had had very little training. And so working with the Minister of Health and about 57 Ethiopian health experts, we created the national training program for community health workers. And that took about two years. And it is still the national training program for the 38,000 health workers in Ethiopia. And in fact, last week, I had a call with the new director for community health, and they now want to upgrade the program. And it looks as if I'll be involved in that as well. But that's really my journey from from law through academia and health and into international work. And I worked with partners at the Open University, which is where I was based in the UK. And we took the framework that we developed for delivering a health training at scale and applied it to a child rights program for East Africa and also developed programs for a number of other sectors and just found that we had created a way to work with partners on the ground in, in genuine partnership to create these scalable programs that would have an impact for health workers, for teachers, for farmers, for professionals working with children. And then from there, I was invited to lead a new initiative here in Washington, D.C. Uh, and I moved here in 2013. And it was to take print-based training material and digitize it and provide training through mobile devices. And that's not straightforward in low-income countries <laughs> where connectivity is poor, the, the price of connecting is high uh, for, compared with month, monthly salaries. And so we created a framework to be able to provide this content um, for free via mobile devices to health workers. And through this very small group of people that I work with here in DC, we created partnerships in about 16 countries. And we created an online learning platform called Orb, where content is freely available available to download and to use on laptops and computers and mobile devices. So how do you how do you make it free for those uh, for those people? That's a great question because it's a real challenge and it's a business model that is still trying to be cracked by people working in international development because initially you rely on donor funding from Gates Foundation, DFID, USAID and others to pay to create the platform that hosts the content and you rely on content developers to share their materials with you 
under a Creative Commons license. And then the way that we work on the ground is that when health workers are connected to, say, via Wi-Fi at, at a, a health clinic, they can download all that content and then it's available to watch it offline. And they also share it using Bluetooth. And so we find that the content can actually go quite viral. Um, it's very much video focused um, because that helps to overcome the issues of literacy. And also videos are a very engaging way of training people. And what we found in some programs is that the health workers would use the content for their own training, but then they would share the content with their clients in the community. And you can really engage people, um, particularly when you have very difficult subjects like sexual health and family planning. It's very much easier if the health worker can use a video with the clients and they can talk about the video and then it makes it easier to discuss quite difficult issues. And I, I feel it's a mission that I, I'm really passionate about because quite honestly, most of the women and children who die in low income countries die of entirely preventable diseases. And if health workers had just the most basic information about hand washing, about nutrition, about how to stay safe during pregnancy, how to keep your baby safe in the first thousand days of its life, which is when it's most vulnerable, then we would end preventable deaths. Uh, which would mean cutting child mortality by more than half and probably the same for maternal mortality as well. And so to think that, you know, cost is getting in the way of these health workers having this basic information is something that has to be addressed. And that's just been what's been driving me for the last 10 years, really. Wow. Is there a particular um, topic that was especially viral or what are people... Um, engaging the most? That's a really interesting question. If the content is really high quality, and particularly if it's been filmed, at least on the continent, if not in the country in which it's being used, then everything is shared because people love to have that good content, particularly if it's video. And so, for example, we had a program in Nigeria two years ago to retrain 200 nurses and midwives and it was a lot of video content on antenatal and postnatal care and within weeks they were showing these videos in the health clinics and all these women pregnant or otherwise were coming from all around to just watch the videos because they were absolutely fascinated and one of the challenges when a woman is pregnant is in these low resource settings she often doesn't go for any care before the baby's born and so one of the issues is how do you get women to the clinics? Because often they have to walk for many, many hours to get there. And what we were seeing is that the attendance at these clinics was exponentially increasing because women wanted to come and see the videos and bring their friends to watch them as well. And some of them are very powerful. They're a mixture between animation and live video. And so there's one in particular that people love, which shows the position of the baby in the womb. And through animation and video, you can actually see the nurse uh, palpating the woman's tummy, but you can see the baby inside because they've created animation on top of video. So things like that are very compelling. But all the health workers I meet just want more information. They want to feel confident about what they're advising. And so any content that they can get hold of just makes them feel very empowered to do their job better. And how does Alt-MBA come into the picture? Like what was going on in your life when you decided to 
to apply and, and, and do all MBA? I decided over Christmas last year with my family that I wanted to take a new direction. I've until now I've been working inside um, quite big organizations, uh, charities to do this work. And most of these charities, understandably, are framed by constraints that I would not necessarily call beautiful, although I've tried to come and think about them in that way, um, and, and have to be very bureaucratic. And I find myself spending more and more of my time in meetings and writing concept notes for approval by committee. And so I decided that if I went out on my own, I could perhaps be more effective. So I took a leap of faith in leaving what was a really quite amazing job with a great team uh, to go out on my own. And I did that in February. And I took a month off and went to Djibouti in East Africa, where my husband was doing some work um, around countering violent extremism. And I had an amazing month there and met some incredible people and came back and thought, what do I do next? And I need a team of like-minded, brave entrepreneurs around me and was finding it hard to come across them. And then heard Seth talking in an interview, I think with Tim Ferriss, and thought, that's what I need to do. And so I signed up for it and then immediately thought, oh my God, what if I get accepted? What am I going to do? But from like minute number one of that first evening when we all said hello uh, on Zoom, I was absolutely hooked. And I thought, yeah, I found my people. Looking at this this journey that you've been on and wanting to make a larger impact and having discovered like-minded individuals in Alt-MBA, how did Alt-MBA help propel that work even further? Alt-MBA helped in quite a few different ways, actually. Some of the tools and tactics that we learned um, through the readings and the audio I immediately started applying in some of the work I'm doing. And what I'm very blessed to be doing now is to work in quite a few areas. Um, I'm working as a strategic advisor for the Meningitis Research Foundation. I'm working for the Pan American Development Foundation on the blue economy and STEM and preventing cervical cancer. I'm working in CVE and a whole bunch of other stuff, most of which I knew absolutely nothing about. And so what MBA helped me do was apply strategic thinking and help to ask the right questions so that when I go in with these organizations, I don't necessarily need to have subject expertise, although I'm building that up fast. Um, I need to be able to help people ask the right questions and how to think differently because all of these organizations that I'm working with and advising have got great people and great vision but they don't know how to get there. And so I've been able, of course, to draw my experience um, from the last couple of decades. But also what Alt-MBA gave me was very specific tools and ideas through many of the books and the conversations um, and be able to try those out in a way that my clients, I hope none of them are listening, didn't know they were being tried out on. I was like, oh, that technique really works. Um, I'll try it again with someone else. So it gave me that and it gave me the confidence to do that. But what it gave me, which was the most important thing, was a feeling of being part of a community where people were 
100% supportive, but also critical friends. And so particularly in the tutorials, I, I guess I was just, I was so lucky with the four groups that I had. We spent a lot of time supporting each other and helping each other and thinking through and asking questions and testing and stress testing ideas. And it felt a very safe place to do that in a way that it would not be, it would not have been safe to do that with other professionals that I know and want to work with. So providing that safe space and that critical friendship was really amazing. When you look at what's next uh, for you and, and, and your work, you know, what do you see? So one of the things that I committed to in all MBA was to start up my own company here in DC. And I did that and I registered it um, while I was on the course. And my aim is that by the beginning of January, I will launch it more formally with its own website and that I will use that to bring together maybe half a dozen to 10 like-minded people who want to get things done in development and they want to do things differently. And so I've started to build up a small group of potential um, associates and we will work together in international development and by bringing five or six or more people together, we'll be able to cover more sectors than I can cover on my own. And we will begin to find a way that we can do things that are really value-based and not overhead-based. I want to create results at scale that deliver huge impact and lasting change. And really to focus on girls and women, youth generally, across health, across education, around financial inclusion and around digital literacy. And now this new area of work that I'm involved in with my husband around security and peace and countering violent extremism. And so having the right people around me will enable us to do that and in a way create our own learning group to really grow and, and build our skills together. And what's been so incredible is when I've reached out to Alt MBA alumni as a group and out to individuals as well, I just get the most amazing support and feedback and encouragement that's really helping me move that forward. That's amazing. To continue that that theme of connecting and, and finding the others, one of the goals of this show is to help Alt-MBA alumni connect. So I have, a, I have a question that I ask all of the people I talk to. It's a fill in the blank um, how would you fill in the blank? Reach out if blank. Reach out if I can advise on any book to cover almost any situation because I can definitely recommend something. Reach out if you're interested in international development and want to know more about how you can be involved. Reach out if you want to understand how to create a vision and a strategy to deliver on that and reach out if you want to be part of any of the projects that I'm involved in, whether it's to offer design expertise or volunteer. You could volunteer at a school in DRC and have an amazing experience um, with 300 very inspiring young girls there who want to be future leaders in their country. So if any of those things sound appealing, then reach out. Well, thank you, Leslie Ann, for, for taking the time to chat and, and being part of this community. The, the work that you're doing is, is amazing. 
So thank you. Thank you for interviewing me. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Check out the show notes for ways to contact Leslie Ann.